Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Lord, we do want your presence. Lord, we need your presence. Church, I just ask that you'd open your hands right now, that you close your eyes. Lord, I thank you that what you have this morning for us to receive is something of never before. And so, Lord, I ask right now that we would open our hearts and our minds, that we would shuffle off whatever happened this morning or this week, that we would just let that fall to the ground right now. And Lord, I thank you that you have something for each and every one of us today. And so we open ourselves to you like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Grab your seats, everybody. Hello. It is so awesome to be here. I love coming to Quinn's Beach. It is really a privilege and I I do thank Pastor Nicole and Pastor Steve for having me come and speak with you today. And I realised as I was preparing that actually if you weren't here, I would not be doing what I'm doing. Not just because there would be no one here to talk to and that would be kind of odd for me to be standing in a school space talking to myself, but because it was the birth of Queen's Beach that allowed my role that I currently have to exist. And so you guys are so special to me and I pray for you a lot. I pray for Stephen and Nicole, they're my friends, but I pray for you as a church and I have a heart that is invested in your growth and where God is leading you next. And so I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Uh, Pastor Jason Schroeder, our lead pastor, a little while ago, put out a challenge to the church. He started with the pastors and then he put it to the whole church to read Ephesians. And who knows that when your leaders tell you to do something, you should do it, right? Yes. Okay. Amen. So I very dutifully started reading Ephesians. And, uh, you know, Ephesians starts with verse 1, chapter 1 funny that. So I'm going to lead you today through the whole of Ephesians, right? You ready? No, not quite. But we are going to focus on this passage that starts in chapter one of Ephesians today. And it starts with Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So here we see that Paul is named. He knows who he is, which is good. He has an appointment. He is an apostle and he has things to do that glorify Jesus. He knows he is called and he knows that God is equipping him for that call. And I got stuck right there. I didn't get very far, did I? So much for reading all of Ephesians. I have since done so, but for quite a while, this is where I got stuck. It's an ordinary opening. If you've read any of Paul's letters, he does this in most of them. And quite frankly, I normally skip over that bit because I want to get to the good stuff. And here I was, absolutely captivated by Ephesians 1, verse 1. Because I realised it's actually an almighty way to open a letter. Because we don't go around saying, Genevieve, pastor and prophetic voice, to the glory of Jesus by the will of God. (laughs) That's kind of weird. But then I felt Holy Spirit say, Why are you not saying that? Why not? 
and things began to change. I found myself in my morning prayer time returning to this and saying, Genevieve, pastor, prophetic voice, for the glory of Jesus, by the will of God. And I found myself in my car muttering it over and over again. I began to feel a little bit weird about myself. However, what I noticed was this. Things started to change. I realised that I had way less time for self-doubt. I had way less time for worry. I was not worried about myself. I was not feeling insecure about myself. I had a different confidence. I saw myself differently. And not only that, other things weren't allowed in my headspace either. I wasn't as worried about my children or what I was going to cook tonight or what I was going to wear or what bills were piling up perhaps. Those things didn't have the same pull because this was filling my head and filling my heart. And one of the first mornings that I did this was a morning where we had our Ladies Connect groups, our She CGs at Hepburn Heights. And I know that I'm a leader in that space. I lead one of the groups. And I know that there's time for prayer and that I can pray and prophesy in that space. I know that. But on this particular morning, I'd had three interactions with people before groups had even started. And they had started out just as normal, everyday conversations. Hi, how are you? How are you going today? But because I had allowed Holy Spirit to activate these things in me, these conversations went straight to the heart of the people that I was talking to. And I felt that that unction, that push, that nudge of the Holy Spirit. And I started to ask questions like, how's your neck today? Bit of a random question. Actually, it's not good. Let's pray for that. We did. That neck was healed and something shifted. Sat down for coffee opposite someone I don't even normally chat to. Asked a question about their life that perhaps was impertinent. Burst into tears. I really need to talk about that. Off we go. And so something had shifted in me and it made a difference for the people that I was talking to. Now look, if I hadn't done that, God might have used someone else. Or maybe those people would have gone home and not actually felt that God had met them at Connect Group that morning. So today, I don't want to just talk about myself. Today is about activation, and it's about activation for every single one of you here. You're not here by mistake today. This is a day for Queen's Beach to wake up, to arise, and to become more activated in the gifts that God has given you. Um, Pastor Nicole and I this week went to a prayer meeting. Um, it was for the city of Perth and a number of pastors from a number of different churches gathered together. And as we were praying, I saw this picture of God peeling back a blanket of cloud over the city of Perth buildings. It was like he, it was like the cloud was grey like a duna and it was like what I do to my kids in the morning if they don't come when I call. He was pulling it back, taking it off. And underneath, there was this giant, do you want to see the giant puppets a few years back? Bigger than that, giant lady lying amidst the buildings in a white dress. And as God pulled the blanket of cloud back, she yawned and stretched and rose her arms to where the sun was coming through the clouds. 
That is the body of Christ. There is a call to awaken. And I love that we hear this over and over again. Hillsong has just released an album called Awake. This is a call to the church in this season. And so today is about that. It's about awakening within yourself what God has for you. So our culture doesn't like this. Okay, We actually can't activate or awaken ourselves, but our culture wants us to believe that we can. If any of you are on social media, I'm sure you would have seen at least one post that says, you are enough. In fact, I had a chuckle because one came into my feed last night, even after I'd written this. And it says things like, stay where you are, you're okay, you have enough. You are enough, and while you're there, love yourself, be kind to yourself, self, self, self. And it sounds good. It sounds empowering. It sounds comfortable and it sounds sweet. But it's totally against the scriptures. It's totally against our need for a saviour. And so our culture, whilst looking colourful and gorgeous and amazing and empowering on social media, is actually dragging us away from what God has for us. And it leaves us in a really lonely and vulnerable position. Because while we're looking at people out there who look like they're wandering around like they are enough, we're alone in our rooms knowing we're not. Knowing that we have failings. Wondering why we're not feeling as empowered and amazing as those people over there. And the comparison trap gets us. And we know that we are flesh-driven and we know that we are giving in to temptations and so we feel all kinds of wrong. And we know we need a saviour. And we know we're not enough. Paul knows this. He knows his own strengths and his own weaknesses and he talks about them. In Romans 7.15, he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. Get out of bed early to pray or exercise. (laughs) But what I hate to do, eat all the ice cream past 10 o'clock. I do. Anyone else relate? I can apply that to about 10 facets of my life and I love that Paul puts it right there for us to go, ah, yes, me too. Paul owns his humanity and I'm not asking anyone to shake off their humanity today and call themselves a superhero, but amidst acknowledging that we are human, we hold on to Jesus and we ask him for help. So we know today that we can't activate ourselves, so we need Holy Spirit to do that. Health foods these days in the health food aisle have ingredients called activated nuts, activated charcoal. I don't actually know what these things are, but they are supposed to be of benefit to our bodies. And when we are activated, we are of benefit to the body of Christ. We are of benefit to society around us. We are of benefit to our families, our friends and people we do life with. And so church, we need to be activated and we can be a little nuts if we want to. When we are free, when we are redeemed in Christ, when we are activated, we become of benefit. And we want to be that, don't we? We want to leave a legacy in our lives that's beneficial to others. So our world is crying out for us to be activated. 
And we as God's people need to be a louder voice of Jesus' love and salvation than the voices of confusion that surround. Because we don't want people feeling vulnerable and lonely. We want them to feel loved, accepted and whole in Christ Jesus. And we have the key to that. We hold that. And it doesn't need to be weird. It just needs to be activated. So Paul is in prison, but he's still using his gifts to glorify Jesus. And we get this letter to the Ephesians that's full of hope and grace and encouragement to live for God. And it's an encouragement that we can do it. So I've titled this preach, We Can in Christ. C-A-N. Because we see here that God has got Paul declaring that he is called, appointed and named. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And I know the order there is knack, but knack doesn't mean anything. And for today's purposes, I knew God wanted us to feel empowered. So we're going to start by looking at the fact that we are called. We are called by God, but we have a choice, don't we, to follow. Okay, we can ignore that call. We can stick our fingers in our ears. We can turn around and walk away. 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's what we have. Bottom line, I was in a dark place, now I'm not. That's our story. Isaiah 43.1 says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So God calls us corporately, but he calls us individually. We are all called and we are each called. 2 Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He doesn't leave us alone to work this out on our own. Okay, he equips us for this, which is really good news. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, all things, even the tough stuff, God works. He's doing the work for us. Sometimes we feel like we're doing all the work. God works together for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. So the call of God is God's will for us. It's kingdom and others focused. It's for Jesus' glory. It is about worshipping him, following him, learning what Jesus came to teach us. And as we fall more and more in love with Jesus, we will be equipped for our call and we will discover where that call is taking us. We are equipped through our relationship with Jesus. Our call actually isn't our call It's God's call. It's not about wanting to be seen or discovered by man or having a platform or a blog or anything else. It's not about having our own agenda, no matter how holy or good that might look. Sometimes our plans really are not God's plans. And he he won't allow us to go too far down those roads before the, the, the hurdles get too high doesn't matter how good it looks. It's, about, it's not about being envious or trying to copy someone else. It's about allowing Jesus to love us, loving him in return, making our lives hidden in him, spending time in the word, praying out loud, declaring things, but also listening. What is God saying to us? 
every day, every moment, having our lives hidden in him. This is a huge challenge. It's easy enough for me to say this, but we leave here and our entire culture is pulling us away from that, telling us that actually living in Jesus, in Christ, living as a Christian, being sold out all in Christians, people who love and follow our Lord, that that's just weird. And they want us to be quiet when we need to speak. Okay, and so uh, today is about boldness and about shaking off that muffling that our culture would do. Because we want to lead lost and lonely people who are wandering around in their own self-activation, it's not really working, to a place of victory in Christ. We are appointed. Paul knew he was called to be an apostle. This was his appointment. Apostles are sent with the mission of spreading the gospel and building the church. And Paul was also a tent maker. He had a job on the side that funded his ministry. So he was what we now call bivocational. Very fancy word. Pastor Steve knows all about that. How are the tents going, Pastor Steve? (laughs) Pretty tense, yep, intense, yes. So Paul had tasks to do. And our appointments are the things that should be filling our calendar. Okay, so we have an overall call, but we also are appointed. We have roles that we live and work in. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we have things, okay? We have things to do. We have work to do. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, we might not all be called, appointed to be prophets to the nations, but we are all God's handiwork and we all have good works to do, every single one of us, no matter where we are in life. So our role can be our outworking of how we glorify Jesus and we shouldn't be separating our secular and spiritual worlds. We should just be living glorifying Jesus in everything that we do because that is going to speak volumes to the people around us. They're going to see and notice that about us. Our everyday lives need to shine Jesus in everything that we do. We need to be the same person in church and at work and at home and with our kids and in our car on our own. So what is your appointment right now? Relationally, who are you? Are you a husband, a wife, a daughter? a sister, a cousin, a friend, a neighbour. Professionally, what do you do? Are you a teacher, a nurse, a healthcare worker, a street chaplain? What do you do? And spiritually, what gifts has God placed within you? We live our best lives when we know what those gifts are and those gifts are activated by the Holy Spirit and we put them into practice. It's kind of three steps there, right? So Jeremiah verse there says, before I formed you in the womb. So the seeds of the gifts that God has placed within us exist before we were in the womb. They are placed within us. And then Holy Spirit comes and activates those gifts and they grow in us. And the more we practice and use them and step out in boldness, the greater they become and the greater the glory we give to God. That's how those work. 
Uh, 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul writes to encourage Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And so today we're going to have a ministry time at the end and Pastor Steve and Pastor Nicole and myself, we're going to pray and lay hands on you for the activation, for the impartation of these gifts, that those seeds within you that you know are there, that you sometimes have a little feeling about, would come to life, would grow in boldness today because I know that's what Holy Spirit wants to do. We receive the gifts from Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands, often from pastors who already operate in these gifts. So if you see something in one of your pastors that you like as a gift and you feel a bit of a, I think I've got that, ask. Ask for that to be imparted to you. Ask for their portion. This is biblical. It's okay to do this. This is not you being greedy or self-focused. This is about you wanting to be of greater benefit, being activated for the kingdom of God. So what gifts do you have from God? Some of you know them. Some of you are just beginning to think about them. But today is a day where God wants you to be activated in those so you can take those gifts and use them where you are appointed. Our world needs exactly what is in you. No two people here have the same gift mix and the same appointment and opportunities. So where you are and who you are, the world needs. Nobody else can replace you. God has created you to do those good works. So don't sit there feeling today like, yeah, maybe it's not really for me. It's for each of us. We are named. This call to activation is personal to us. God calls us by name. Paul knew exactly who he was. He used his gifts and he wrote letters. And we still learn from those letters today. Do you think Paul sitting in prison knew that hundreds of years later that we would be sitting here quoting him? I don't think so. I I don't think so. And we don't know what legacy we're going to leave. Who knows what God has for us? In the Bible, names and the meanings of names are really significant. Okay, Paul is opening his letter not only to identify that this is who the letter is from in a practical sense, but he's owning who he is. He is Paul. Paul is also referred to as Saul in the Bible. And that is his Hebrew name. He was a Pharisee. He had a great Jewish pedigree. He was a fine, upstanding Jewish young man. And that's the name that uh, is most referred to for this person before he encounters the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus doesn't actually change his name, but he also had this Latin name, Paul, and he is called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And so it's more uh, appropriate for Paul to use his Latin name, which would have travelled and translated in that community to the Gentiles, to the Romans, more easily than his Hebrew name, Saul. And we see that he's still proud of his pedigree in Philippians 3.5. He, he claims it, so he's not getting rid of it, but he's using a name that God's called him for the appointment that he's got. And it makes sense uh, in that instance. There are other, ch- other examples where God changes people's names. In the Old Testament, he changes Abram's name, meaning noble father, to Abraham, father of many. And that might not seem like a huge change, but that was a tweak and an aligning of Abraham into that prophetic vision that God had given him, that he would be the father of many, not just a father, but the father of many. 
Jacob, Jacob means supplanter, sounds a little bit perhaps negative, is changed to Israel after Jacob wrestles with God, calling on God for a blessing. And this name Israel means strong with the Lord and prevails with God. And that's exactly what he did. And sometimes we need to place ourselves in a position of being strong with God and wrestling with him. And today I want you to do that, okay? I want you to sit in that seat right now and wrestle. God, what is it that is supposed to be being activated in me today? In the New Testament, Jesus changed Simon's name from Simon Peter just to Peter because he wants to call out that trustworthy nature because Peter means rock. And he hadn't been all that trustworthy. He'd been a little flaky. He'd done some odd things. But Jesus was like, no, I still see in you the rock. So I'm going to call you that. So God changes names because he has a calling for us to live out, a mission and an identity that we need to take a hold of. What's your name? What does it mean? Do you know? What associations are linked with your name? I believe that there is something in your name and Holy Spirit will reveal to you what that is. Derek and I, when we were naming our children, were quite careful to look at the meanings of the names, not just that we liked them. And I liked one name and one of the meanings was stinking hair. That was a deal breaker. I could not find myself declaring a name over my child that was the equivalent of going, stinking hair, come in for dinner. So we chose not to use that name. It had another more uh, uh, positive name meaning as well, but it was just a deal breaker that that was in there. So knowing what the meaning of your name is, is sometimes very significant. Preparing for this, I had known all my life that I had sort of two meanings for the name Genevieve and I was always a bit confused about that but I felt like Holy Spirit said to me there's multiple meanings and multiple associations with your name because there's multiple facets and giftings within you and I thought awesome I'll take that so I started thinking about them one of them is womankind and I love ministering to women Another one is White Wave, which I always just discounted because I never really loved the beach that much, although I love it more in my 40s than I ever have. But God showed me that it's about being a wave of the Holy Spirit. I was named after a vintage car because my dad loves cars. And I thought that's a bit weird. And again, Holy Spirit said, that's about heritage. You're carrying a heritage and you're crafting a heritage. And then St. Genevieve is the patron saint of Paris. And I'd never really thought much about that until we went to Paris last year. And I was like, wow, this woman is credited with turning back the tide of an attack from Attila the Hun on the city of Paris because she called people to prayer. She was a prayer warrior. So I want to be like her. And so in this, I'm like, I'm going to take a hold of those things that mean something to me because God has called me by name. So look into it. Find out what your name means. I feel quite uh, passionate about this. And even your middle name. You know, as I was praying about this, God said to me, sometimes those middle names are the heart of the person. They're hidden. Sometimes people don't know your middle name, but if you bring them out, there's some meaning and purpose in there. So pray about that. Ask God, what is it that he's calling you? What, what name is he calling you? And what giftings and, and leadings are in that for you? Because it can be significant. Ephesians opens with Paul showing us that he is called, appointed and named. But he can only activate all of this because he's in Christ Jesus. And The following verses, we're going to read through them now, show us what we have access to in Christ. 
So Ephesians 1, 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship or daughtership, through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through the blood, his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Not just a little bit. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. In Christ, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. That's enough right there. In him we are chosen. In him we have love, adoption, lavished grace, forgiveness of sins. In him we have wisdom and understanding. We have unity and in him we have purpose. So what's holding us back from our call and our appointment? We can in Christ. Are we waiting until we have more time or more money? We have every spiritual blessing at our disposal. Are we a little unsure about who we are? We are chosen and adopted. Maybe we feel like we've messed up a little too much. We are redeemed, our sins are forgiven and grace is lavished upon us. Maybe we feel like we're just not enough, we don't know enough, we're not wise enough, we have all wisdom and understanding or maybe we are simply afraid. Love cast out all fear. So we need to drop our excuses, know who we are in Christ. And Jesus wants to meet us there right now because he is love. If I could have the keys up, that'd be great. Thank you. Jesus came to die for us. He came to shift and change things. He came to bring salvation. He came to bring forgiveness of sins, to redeem us, dust us off polish us with grace, bind us up with love, a love that we actually cannot fully imagine. His love is so abundant, so deep and wide and long and high, we cannot reach the ends of it ever. And perhaps today you're sitting there and you're not feeling all that loved right now, but nothing compares to living our life in Christ 
and carrying out the purposes that he has for us. And so Holy Spirit wants to come now, wants to meet us where we're at, wants to fill us again. Let's close our eyes. God is calling us today. He's calling our name. He's calling us to him. Maybe you're already close and you know and you're just waiting. You can't wait to have an activation today of the gifts that you know are bubbling up within you. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you are feeling adrift, feeling in that lonely, vulnerable space I spoke about before and you know you need to come back to be filled with Jesus' love, to hear him whisper your name and that he loves you again. Or maybe this is your first time in church and you've actually never considered that God sees you enough to call your name. So we're going to pray a prayer together right now. And it's a prayer that brings us close to God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I thank you that you have called me by name. I'm sorry for the things I have done wrong. I repent and ask you to forgive my sins. And I set aside my own agenda. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and my Saviour. I surrender my life to you again and receive your love and your salvation. In Jesus' name, let's keep our eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer in your heart right now for the first time or as a time of coming back to God, of knowing you need to realign with him, I'd love to know. I'd love you to raise your hand so I can celebrate with you, so I can see. And there's a team here who would love to help you. They have a gift for you. So if that was you this morning, if you felt this need rise in you to know that God calls your name and you're saying, yes, I want to be yours, Jesus. I'd love you to raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we belong to you here, that every person here knows you, that every person has heard you call their name. And this morning I ask right now by your spirit that you would come and that you would stir within us what needs to be activated. And I believe this morning we're going to sing another song. And as we stand to sing, I believe that there are people here today who would like to have the gift of healing that need to be activated in that. You know you've, you've got the desire, you have the desire to lay hands on others and see them healed. If that's you, I want you to come forward for prayer. Some of you know you have an intercessory gift that you find yourself praying and really warfaring for people at home in your prayer space, but you want that activated more. You want that to have more power and more authority. And again, come forward. We're going to pray and impart that to you. Prophecy. There's definitely people with a gift of prophecy on their lives here. I see you prophesying to groups and over people. Some of you want a wisdom gift. And uh, again, we're going to impart that today. And uh, Pastor Steve in particular has such a beautiful wisdom gift upon him. And so if you want that today, he's here. He's going to impart that today. 
We thank you, Lord, for all the gifts that you have sown in us. And we ask that you would bless us today, mighty God, that you would stir these up, that as we come forward, that you would fill us again. And I also feel there's some people sitting here who you actually don't like your name. It associates somehow with something negative or someone negative. And I feel like God wants to lift that off you today. If that's you, come forward. And before the service, Pastor Eden said to me that she had a, a vision about this line in the floor and that some people were standing with one foot either side, like on a fence, not quite all in, not quite knowing whether they want to be activated or not. And uh, she said, I feel like there's going to be a stepping over that line today. She said, I don't know what you're going to be preaching on, but that's what I feel. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're calling us over the line today. Holy Spirit, stir a boldness in us. And those of you who want to be activated this morning, come hungry. Come forward as we stand now to sing. We're going to sing a song together. And as we do, come forward right now. Come and stand here and we're going to see a shift and a change today. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.